to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. In today's show, I'm going to give you a bunch of strategies to combat what's perhaps the most common problem that I hear from clients and from friends of mine who are creative people out living their lives. Recently, I texted a handful of my best friends and I asked them out of curiosity what they would say is their number one fitness struggle right now. And one of them replied saying that she feels good about movement. She knows what to do at the gym. She's been into yoga for some time. She's doing a lot of stuff or or is able to do a lot of stuff. But her problem is fitting it into her schedule and making time for it. It's tough to be consistent because her job is so demanding and she's so busy. Now, this client doesn't work as a professional artist, but if you are some sort of a professional artist like a musician, um, you know, you work in a studio, you have shows or performances that you have to go to and prepare to, your schedule is probably all over the place. (laughs) When I think about my clients that are professional musicians, they're juggling a lot of balls. Some of them play for like a major symphony orchestra, which has its own schedule. Most of them do some type of teaching, which might require them to travel all over the city. Uh, They're all doing some type of recording occasionally, extra projects, things that just pop up that they have to be prepared for. So it's difficult to have a routine that's really consistent. And again, even if you work a quote unquote normal job like my friend, you're probably dealing with lots of fires and obstacles and challenges that might get in the way of you being consistent with exercise. And again, this is true regardless of if you're a newbie to working out or if you're someone who's more experienced and you actually feel pretty confident in the gym. So I'm going to give you some strategies today. Now, they're not like this isn't take every single strategy and use it because some of them conflict with each other. What I want you to do is to think about your personal struggle with time management or exercise consistency, however you want to think about it. What are the like specific obstacles standing in your way? And which of these strategies might be most helpful? Because sometimes it's a planning issue, like we have enough time, but we're just not very good at managing it. Sometimes time is really short and we have to modify our workouts or take a different approach to exercise. And other times we're kind of our own worst enemy. We know what to do. We have the time, but we keep not showing up. And in that case, the issue is often more one of finding more joy through exercise or building a community that supports you and helps you stay consistent. So again, as I go through these, like you don't have to do every one, but I hope that some of them will be helpful. I've used every single one of these with myself or clients over the years. And a lot of times if you're struggling to fit in exercise, if you find just that one little strategy that works for you, it can make a world of difference. Before I get into the 10 strategies, I have four guiding principles that I want you to keep in mind when it comes to making time for exercise when you're a busy creative or life is just really chaotic. 
The first is that you really should be realistic and not optimistic. What I mean by that is in a perfect world, if you'd love to lift weights four times a week and take these long runs and do a whole bunch of shit, but you know that your schedule doesn't allow for that, I think it's better to plan for less and set yourself up for success than trying to do all that stuff and inevitably failing. Psychologically, it feels so much better. Like if you say you're going to work out two times a week and you nail it, you crush it. Great. Now, let's say you're working out two times a week, but you said, I'm going to train six times a week. Well, now you feel like a failure. And even though it's just like a weird mental tick, this stuff can be really powerful. And the more you feel like you're doing a good job or you're keeping your promises to yourself, you're able to handle things and figure it out. Actually, the more likely you are to persevere through challenges. So don't make a training plan that's like best case scenario. Actually make one that's maybe worst case scenario. What, what can you realistically really do right now? The second guiding principle is the, to utilize proper planning. I could do, I mean, there are whole courses and a whole bunch of resources out there on time management and productivity. It's actually a really deep topic. And it's not just about like being more productive and doing more work so you can like, you know, please your boss or uh, get your sense of worth through achievement. But we have, you know, a limited amount of time in the day. And when we are better at managing that time and managing our energy, it means that we'll have more time to do the things that are meaningful to us. And we won't feel like we wasted the whole day putting out fires or doing a bunch of stuff that just doesn't light us up and isn't important. And when it comes to exercise, if exercise is a priority for you or you want to make it a priority, you have to start building it into your schedule and planning around it. I'm going to talk more about that when I get into specific strategies. The third guiding principle related to the first is to manage expectations. We are probably not going to be training for our peak physical performance uh, or achieving any super impressive feats when life is really crazy. One of my biggest missions with my clients, especially my busy creative clients, is that we kind of build an approach to fitness and nutrition that is sustainable. And what I mean by that is sometimes we'll be able to put the pedal to the metal a little. Maybe you are training for a marathon or you have a weight loss goal or something that is a little more time bound that we're going to be a little more intense with fitness and food. But we can't just drop everything then when life is busy and our priorities shift. We want an approach that allows us to kind of turn up and down the volume of what we're doing with fitness. So if you're really struggling to be consistent, you're struggling to show up to the gym, you can't seem to find time, I encourage you to consider what you're expecting of yourself and your goals. It can be really helpful to say, okay, my goal right now is just consistency. And my idea of consistency is training two times a week or going for a walk once a day or something like that. And we just kind of let go of the pressure to be super thin or lean or be really fast or the strongest person at the gym. We shift our focus and that again sets us up for success. The fourth guiding principle, the last one, is that sometimes we need support. Humans are social animals. We evolved to be part of a tribe. You know, we evolved to care what other people think. And so sometimes if we're trying to do everything by ourselves, it can really, really help if we bring other people along for the ride. This works in a few ways. Maybe you've had the experience of you have a gym buddy and like both of you are kind of uh, on the fence about training. You don't really want to go. You're kind of dragging ass. But you always show up to the class or to the workout because you know that other person's there counting on you. And you are less likely, ironically, to let that other person down than to let yourself down, for example, if you were training by yourself. Stuff like that can be really powerful. But also finding sort of your tribe and the right place that you want to train. For some people, that's going to be 
a grungy basement gym filled with power lifters where there's lots of chalk flying and screaming and stuff. I used to train at a gym like that and I absolutely loved going to work out there. It was super fun. I felt like a badass. People were really nice and supportive. For other people, it might be something like a Zumba class or, you know, a cycling spinning class, some sort of group class that's filled with lots of positive, uplifting messages, maybe people that are on the same page with you in terms of fitness. There's like a whole world of shit that you can do. And sometimes we just have to find the thing right now that's going to light us up and make us more excited to actually go versus perhaps chasing, you know, what we think might be ideal, but we're not really motivated to do it. So four guiding principles to keep in mind when you're struggling to make time for exercise. Be realistic, not optimistic. Don't expect the best case scenario. Plan for the worst. You want to utilize proper planning. That means scheduling, time management, time audits, anything that you can to make exercise a, like a concrete part of your routine is going to help. You need to manage expectations on what's possible and what you need to do in order to feel your best. And then you might need to get some support, whether it's a workout buddy, taking a class, joining a specific gym, or hiring a trainer. So without further ado, let me get into my 10 top specific tips and strategies for making time for exercise. The first, this is so, so, so huge, is that we need to find the time of day when we are most likely to actually show up to train. Now, there are generally like three times of day that people train. The first is early in the morning. So this could be super early. Like when I train clients at the gym, a lot of them start at 5.30 a.m. You know, so those, these are people are getting up at 4.35 a.m. to go work out. It might be over your lunch break or sometime during the day, or you might be an after work or evening training person. Now, a lot of us have a time of day that we like feel the most energized or we feel the strongest, our workouts go the best. But that's not always the time of day that's most conducive to showing up to train. Let me give you an example. So let's say that you are not really a morning person, but you know, mornings are okay. You're not like dying, but you feel your best at the gym after work. You know, you feel strongest, you have more energy, etc. But you keep missing workouts after work because fires are going on at work or coworkers like, let's go get drinks. And you're like, yes, you know, we want to bitch about our boss or whatever. Um, or you have like a last minute gig or, um, you know, you need to get some practicing in because your day was so busy. Like stuff just keeps getting in the way later in the day. And this is typically what happens. Like most people have the fewest obligations in the morning. And then as the day goes on, stuff just gets in the way. Or we just feel like unmotivated because we are working so hard or we are focusing so much during the day. So if this is you, you might consider actually training in the morning. You know, you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn, but if you get a workout in before you have your first obligation or your first work of the day, you're just less likely to have stuff get in the way. The biggest obstacle is just getting out of bed. So I want you to, you know, take an honest look at your schedule. Generally, when are you the least busy or that, you know, you feel like you really won't miss a workout at that time? So it could be morning, it could be middle of the day, some random time, it could be after work. But if you can schedule your workouts at the time when you're least likely to skip them due to life events, you're a lot more likely to stay consistent. And as a morning person myself, I never pressure clients to become morning people, but I do encourage you to consider that a lot of times the morning is the best time of day to work out for the, all the reasons that I already said. The second tip is to schedule your workouts into your calendar, just like you would for a doctor's appointment or a gig um, or a work meeting. These have to take priority in your day. 
and you don't need like three hours necessarily. In a minute, I'm going to talk about workout length and stuff like that. But if you put that workout in your calendar, it's like making a commitment to yourself. You see it there. You know that you decided to do it. It's not like Tuesday rolls around and you're thinking, oh, I guess I should work out today. When am I going to do it? No. When you did your planning for the week, you already put that Tuesday workout in at 1 p.m. over your lunch hour and the decision decision has already been made. Excuse me. So it just makes it a lot easier to actually stick with things. Now, of course, this requires a little bit of planning. Most likely, especially if you're a busy creative with a schedule that changes all the time, you have some sort of a calendar. Take a look at the next week, figure out when you want to work out and literally write those workouts in. Make that commitment to yourself. One other benefit of this, if you work like an office job with a shared schedule, you know, assuming that you have a little bit of control over your time, when that workout is put in there, you're less likely to have meetings or other things scheduled on top of it. So it just protects that time for you a little bit. The third tactic is if you are really struggling to find time for exercise, I encourage you to do a time audit. Basically what this is, is for a set period of time, whether it's a couple of days or a full week, you're going to write down everything that you're doing when you were asleep, what, what you did when you woke up, when did you eat, what were you doing for work, when were you on social media, when were you watching TV. The idea is to be as comprehensive and thorough as possible. And then once you have that data, you can look back through and see, was there any wasted time? Was there any time that I could have used differently or I could have shifted things around? And this will give you some clues as to where you should start to schedule those workouts, what time of day might actually work best for you. Doing this can be challenging. Um, I know I've done it before and I see, wow, I spent a lot of time fucking around on social media that was like totally unproductive. Or I, you know, spent a lot of time doing busy work that didn't really advance any of my goals or serve me very well. But when we have this data, again, it just allows us to make informed, clear-headed decisions. So if you're like, Caroline, I have no fucking idea where I could possibly work out. Take a look at your schedule, write stuff down and see what observations you can make. The fourth tip is that we want to make it as convenient as possible to work out. So let's say the perfect gym for you is like a 30 minute car ride away in traffic. How likely are you to actually make that drive when you're busy, when you're stressed, when the weather is shitty? Probably not very likely. Now, let's say there's a less perfect gym, but a good enough gym that's a five-minute walk from your house or from your office. How likely are you to actually train now? I would say a lot more likely because it's more convenient. Geographic location can be really crucial for exercise consistency. I think it's often overlooked. And this is especially true if you live like in a rural place where stuff's really spread out or if you live in a big city where there's lots of options, but also potentially lots of traffic and obstacles and things like that. When I worked at a commercial gym in downtown Chicago for six years, there wasn't a lot of residential around the gym. Nearly all the people who came there were either working nearby or were commuting from the suburbs via uh, trains because it was at the Union Station. Was the gym expensive? Probably it was not ideal for a lot of people, yes, but it was convenient and they took that leap because they knew they wanted to make exercise a part of their life and they wanted to make it as easy as possible. So sometimes you might have to pay a little more if you're able to. Sometimes you might have to work at a gym that's like not as great. For example, a Planet Fitness versus like a higher end chain or something like that. But if that's going to make the difference between you going and not going, I strongly encourage you to pick the more convenient option. Another piece of this that I'm a huge proponent of is to build out a home gym. 
you don't need to drop $10,000 on power rack and barbells and all that shit. You can build a really simple bare bones gym for a few hundred dollars and have a really great um, access to weights and equipment and, and challenge yourself really well. I wrote a whole ebook on this, which I will link in the um, description of this episode, but it's called the mini home gym master plan. It includes things like bands, which are super cheap and super awesome, sandbags, which I'm a huge proponent of, kettlebells, adjustable dumbbells, TRX, lots of like small, more portable equipment that works well, even in small apartment settings. Since the pandemic and even after, many of my clients are training at home. And actually, most of the professional musician and artist clients that I train work out at home at least some of the time, just because their schedule is so demanding and having the equipment available potentially right next to their practice space or their studio space just makes it a lot more likely that they will actually train. So if you're struggling to find the right gym or you just keep not wanting to go, consider building out a home gym and that can make your life a lot easier. My fifth tip is to shorten your workouts. Okay, this might seem simple, but I you'd be surprised, and I felt this way for a long time, how many people feel like if they can't train hard for 60 to 90 minutes in a row, they might as well do nothing. When I first started working out, I was super into powerlifting, and I mean, I was in college, I was busy, but I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, and so I'd go to the gym and like my main lift for the day, squat, deadlift, or bench, I would t- spend forever warming up and then I would just keep trying to set a PR by adding five pounds, 10 pounds, et cetera, and then resting like three, five minutes between sets. So it would take me like an hour just to do my warm up and get to my top weight for my main lift. And then I'd spend like another hour doing assistant stuff. Now, I never ever program workouts like this for my clients, but you know, this is the mindset that a lot of us have. I have to do a lot and I have to go hard or I might as well do nothing. In I can tell you this as a you know, across the board truth. Something is almost always going to be better than nothing. Unless your doctors told you not to do something, something is always better than nothing. When we're struggling to be consistent, this goes back to that piece of managing expectations. We can't always do a 60-minute workout. We can't always do a 45-minute workout. But most people can find time for a 15, 20, or 30-minute workout a couple of times a week. If you're really being um, disciplined about your time using some of the tips I mentioned earlier, I would be shocked if you can't find a couple of times a week that you could do a 15 to 30 minute workout. So release the idea that you have to train for a long time or you might as well do nothing because that's absolutely holding you back. Look for ways to get more done in less time. You know, show up, do it, get on with your day and you'll still enjoy most of the benefits of those longer workouts. The sixth tip is that sometimes we actually need to forego workouts entirely and we need to shift our focus to just bouts of movement throughout the day. So I have some clients that really, really struggle to find time for a workout for a variety of reasons or they just can't get over the mental hurdle of thinking that they need a lot of time. So for these clients, I don't even write them workouts necessarily or perhaps they have some workouts that they can do when they are able to, but our main movement goals are things like get up every hour and do a set of squats or push-ups. Or twice a day, you're going to do these different stretches because you've been sitting at your desk or sitting in a chair for so long and you're really stiff. Adding in little bouts of movement, whether it's as simple as standing up from your chair, doing a few sets of a body weight or a loaded exercise, doing some stretches, actually really adds up over the course of the day. So now you're moving more, you're less sedentary, you're probably going to feel less stiff and achy, and you don't have to devote the same kind of like time or mental energy to a full workout. 
Now, of course, you can also use this tip if you are doing full workouts, especially if you're like a writer um, or like a tattoo artist or some sort of creative that spends a lot of time sitting in one position. Anything you can do to add a little bit of extra movement, get some joints moving, open things up is going to make you feel a lot better at the end of the day. So we don't always need to do workouts. We can do little bursts of movement added up throughout the day. The seventh tip is just to make your daily life more active. Now, this is especially relevant if you live in a city. If you live in a city, there are often many opportunities to walk or bike when you otherwise might drive or take the train. This might be a little bit of an adjustment at first, but in my experience living in Chicago, biking is often faster than driving in traffic, or it takes about the same amount of time as taking the train. So you're not necessarily adding any time to the things that you're already doing. You're just making them more active. So if possible, if you're a creative person who, you know, is going from gig to gig or doing different things around the city, maybe you can have a few days where you do that via bike. Or maybe you can walk to the grocery store instead of driving and carry your groceries home. You can get really, really creative with this. I know a coach who's super into encouraging his clients to walk and get their step count up. And because a lot of people struggle with this, he encourages his clients to buy treadmill desks. So it's a standing desk and you can walk at a really slow pace so you're able to work, but you're just logging lots of steps and you're getting more standing time, you know, through periods of the day. So there are a lot of ways to make your daily life more active beyond even just doing sets of exercise or doing full workouts. All of this stuff really adds up and it's going to help you feel better and have more energy. My eighth tip is to get some accountability or support. So I mentioned this earlier, but it can be super powerful to have another person or a group of people along the same journey as you. People who are at a similar fitness level or have a similar goal or have similar interests, you can really motivate each other to show up consistently. It's great to be able to share challenges and learn from people who've been through what you've been through. It's great to see what's possible because a lot of times we're so stuck in our own stories of, oh, I'm out of shape. I'll never be able to work out or, you know, I just can't find time for it. And we can learn and see what other people are doing. And it really opens up mental possibilities for us. This could also mean, again, joining a specific gym or a club, really anything where you're with other people and you're on the same journey and you all are rooting for each other in a positive way. That can make such a difference if you're struggling to go it alone. You could also involve your family, your friends, your pets, the people that are most important to you if you want to spend time with them and you all want to be on this journey of feeling better together. Find ways to work out with each other. It could be working out around your kids if your kids are really young. It could be going on family hikes. It could be taking your pet to the park. You know, lots of different options available here. My ninth tip is to do stuff that you actually like. Now, I do believe that there are certain things that will give you the most bang for your buck for improving your fitness. For example, I do feel like most people should be doing some type of resistance training. It just has so many benefits that you can't necessarily get from other types of training. Same thing actually goes from cardio. I'll do episodes on this in the future, but right now in fitness, it's really popular to say cardio sucks and you shouldn't do it. But really, studies show that cardio is kind of the difference maker when it comes to extending your life and improving your cardiovascular health. And that's really important since cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer of Americans. Again, benefits of cardio, uh, there are benefits of cardio that you cannot get through strength training. So in a perfect world, you'd be doing some of these things. 
But let's be honest, if you're really struggling to get motivated, sometimes you just need to find a way to move your body that's fun. So maybe you can't really get into lifting weights right now, but you like to rock climb or you like to dance or you like this one um, stand up paddleboard yoga class or some weird thing like that. Honestly, anything counts. Exercise in any duration, any type is going to be so beneficial for you, especially if you're struggling. So just do shit that you like or make sure that if you are being consistent with your strength training and your cardio that you also have stuff that you think is fun. Now, if you're like me and you like to lift weights, you know, that could be good enough. But if lifting weights is not your favorite thing, you know you need to do it, I encourage you to find other stuff or hobbies or like one-off activities that you can do that are just going to be just for fun. That's super motivating and it's going to increase your enjoyment of exercise, which is going to keep you coming back more in the future. My 10th tip is to hire a coach. So of course, this is also related to accountability and support. But like I said, one of the biggest things that I do with my busy creative clients is figure out, okay, in the context of your life, your priorities, the things that you have going on, what makes sense for an exercise plan? Where are you going to be working out? How long? Can we give you fallback options? For example, you can't work out, but you're going to do sets of squats throughout the day. What activities can we include that you actually enjoy? And I spend a lot of time creating these things in tandem with my clients. So if you're struggling, you don't really know where to start, you're having a hard time feeling motivated, hiring a coach who takes this sort of empathetic, pragmatic approach can be really, really helpful. I am accepting applications for my own one-on-one training program, which is called Stronger, Fitter, Better. It's a three-month program where we have uh, an exercise plan that's really tailored around you and your schedule and your, um, you know, your current fitness abilities and your goals. We talk about building nutrition habits as well in a similar way. You know, how can we get away from restriction and things that make you feel like you're doing something bad to a more open um, relationship with food that's still going to help you have more energy and build the body that you want. And then we talk a lot about habits and lifestyle, which is basically an overarching approach to like, how do we fit all this shit in and how do we stick with it in the context of a busy creative life? So if you're interested, I will also put a link to the um, application page in the description of this episode. Or if you follow me on Instagram at Caroline Juster, J-U-S-T-E-R, you can click the link in my bio and it will pop up there as well. So let me summarize my 10 top strategies and tips to help you make time for exercise when you're super busy or struggling to stay consistent. Number one, find the time of day when you are least likely to skip workouts and try to train at that time. Number two, schedule your workouts on your calendar in advance, just like you would a meeting or another appointment. Number three, Do a time audit where you look at how you're actually spending your time if you are really struggling to fit exercise into the equation. Number four, make it more convenient to train. Join a gym that's close to home or work or build out a home gym. Number five, shorten your workouts. You don't need to train for an hour or two hours to get good results. Number six, if you really can't find time for a 15 to 30 minute workout, Forgo workouts entirely and focus on adding small bouts of movement throughout your day. For example, standing up from your chair and doing a set of squats or push-ups. Number seven, look for ways to make your daily life more active. Can you get a treadmill desk? Can you walk or ride your bike places instead of driving? Can you do active fun things with your friends? All this stuff really, really adds up. 
Number eight, getting accountability and support from other people can make it a lot less likely that you'll skip workouts. When we know other people are on the same journey or they're counting on us to show up for their own motivation, we're just a lot less likely to skip things. Number nine, make sure you're doing stuff that you actually like. Yes, it's important to lift weights and do cardio, but sometimes we just need to have fun with exercise in order to get that spark back. And then number 10, hire a coach, not just any coach who's going to give you a cookie cutter meal plan, macros and training program, but a coach that's going to work hand in hand with you to figure out how to integrate exercise effectively into your life so that it's enjoyable and it's not something that you're dreading. Again, if you are interested in this last tip, you can apply for my Stronger, Fitter, Better one-on-one coaching program. I'll put a link in the description and again, it's in my Instagram bio as well. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have requests for a future episode or a problem that's been really bugging you that you want me to address, go ahead and send me a DM on uh, at Instagram at Caroline Juster, J-U-S-T-E-R. I always respond to those and I always love hearing from you. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,